Welcome to the Inside Scoop. I am your host, Josh Newberg. Another crazy week of college football is in the books, and we are going to be here to talk some recruiting. The new On3 recruiting player rankings just came out. Make sure that you check those. Uh, but first, we are going to go to my guy, Director of Recruiting for On3, Chad Simmons. Chad, what's up? How you doing? Doing great, Josh. Happy to be back, man. And your sanctuary list. Let's knock it out. Yeah. Uh, since the rankings came out, uh, let's start near the top. The number three ranked overall quarterback, five star plus prospect, Malachi Nelson. Uh, he's committed to USC and he was in Southern Cal for a visit to USC over the weekend. What are you hearing on his recruitment? I mean, everything seems to be going pretty well for USC and Malachi and them staying together at this point based on what I'm hearing. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke to him a good bit on Sunday, and uh, he, he definitely used the term we uh, when speaking about USC, uh, when speaking with me. And I think that's always a good sign. I mean, obviously, uh, you never know what can be happening behind the scenes. And, of course, the big news over the summer was him visiting Texas A&M and uh, they'd love to get him back on campus for an official visit, but his only plans right now is to be at USC's home games throughout the rest of this season. So he missed the first one because he had a game of his own on Saturday night, but he was there this weekend, and he plans to be back numerous times moving forward. Yeah, he's been pretty loyal to Lincoln Riley, was committed to him as an Oklahoma Sooner, switched his commitment as he took the USC job. Besides A&M, is there any other teams involved in his recruitment right now that maybe have a shot at least to get him on campus this fall? You know, I think there's a couple of schools that, that would love to get him on campus. I mean, that, that stuff's staying pretty quiet. I've talked to his dad a couple of times, and he did mention the word, quote, unquote, couple. Uh, mm -hmm. So obviously me A&M, maybe at least one other uh but i think a m is really the main school to watch at this moment uh if there is one to watch i mean the sense i get is he like you said is very connected with lincoln riley obviously he loves what he does offensively and with caleb williams and even past quarterbacks he had at oklahoma so i think right now things are still trending in the right direction for him to stay with usc but i think a m is the main school to keep that eye on throughout this season Okay, let's move on to newly minted five-star defensive lineman Devin Hobbs. His recruitment's really about to heat up. Now, he took two officials over the summer to UNC and Auburn. Where's he going to head now in this fall, and who are the teams to watch for? This weekend, it starts for him, Josh. I mean, he's in Knoxville again. He's been there multiple times already for unofficial visits. But he'll be there for the big Florida game this weekend as an official visitor. Um, and I know, you know, Josh Heupel was at game one of Hobbs this season, so he knows he is a top priority uh, for Tennessee. Him and his family both have a good connection with Rodney Garner, the D-line coach, and multiple staffers there on that Tennessee staff. They're, they're very much involved. He's very engaged. Uh, with them on communication pretty much every day, uh, not just him, but his family as well. So I think it's a very big visit for Hobbs and his family, and of course, Tennessee as well, because they're going up against likely Georgia and Alabama in the end. Obviously, two national powers play for the national championship game, top two teams in the country right now in college football. Uh, so Tennessee has to, I think, wow him and his family this weekend going up against the two SEC powers in Alabama and Georgia. Hobbs was originally supposed to make his decision in July. That didn't happen. Has he set a new commitment date? When do you think it's going to go down? 
You know, talking to Hobbs recently, he mentioned maybe Thanksgiving week, uh, his, his mother's birthday is late in November. Uh, he mentioned that as a possibility. Again, nothing set, but but what his plan is definitely is to take the OV to Tennessee this weekend. He'll be at Alabama for the OV. And they play Texas A&M next month. And then when Georgia plays Auburn early in November, he'll be there. Then I think he takes a week or two, figures things out, thinks things over and makes that decision. Interesting. We'll keep tabs on that. Um, Chad, one program that's off to a surprisingly hot start is Florida State. They moved to 3-0 after a thrilling win on the road at Louisville. And this week, they look to capitalize on some of that on-field momentum on the recruiting trail. There's two prospects that are making decisions, and it could go the Seminoles' way. First is going to be five-star wide receiver Hakeem Williams out of Florida. And second is Cali linebacker Blake Nicholson. Uh, let's start with Hakeem Williams. He was at Texas A&M this weekend for an official visit. Do you think that this is going to have a major impact on his decision coming up? You know, I, I would lean towards no, Josh. I mean, he's been there so many times, you know, in the past, College Station. I think he wanted to get this one last visit, you know, out of the way. But I don't even think this will be his last visit, whether he commits to A&M or Florida State mm. or another school uh, on the 23rd. Uh, I think, you know, obviously this had an impact, I'm sure, but, you know, how big, I think yeah, probably not so big in the final decision as far as the commitment coming on later this week. I think Florida State has done an excellent job uh, laying out their plan for him, how he could be their number one target at receiver in the years to come, uh, and how he could be a big part of that offense under Mike Norvell. I think, obviously, Norvell's heavily involved. Ron Dugas, multiple guys off the field in Tallahassee as well, recruiting him and his family. And A&M, obviously, I think, is Florida State's biggest competition. You have Pitt. You can't sleep on them. You have Georgia. You have Miami. Uh, some other schools involved. But I think FSU is at least right now in the top two. Would be a huge pickup for Mike Norvell. Wide receiver is a major need for them in the 2023 class. Another big need for Florida State is linebacker. So we talked about Blake Nicholson. He's out of California. He's set to decide tomorrow. Where do you think, or I should say, who is the biggest competition for him at this point? Yeah, I think Florida State obviously is right there. I, I have my pick on the RPM machine on, on three to the Seminoles. I felt no reason to change that uh, as we close in on the decision. But him being at Oregon over the weekend definitely lets you know and, and the fans know that the Ducks are still being considered late in this process. I mean, he's named UCLA also in his final three, but I think the four-star linebacker from Manteca High School uh, picks Florida State or Oregon uh, this week. And I like where Florida State's at. You know, when he visited Florida State with his family late in July on their own dime, unofficial visit, uh, mm -hmm. they actually took a day and looked for property, homes, uh, and that gave me a sense that they were feeling pretty strong about the potential fit at Florida State. So, again, Oregon has made him a priority, as FSU has. But I think he just likes the, the opportunity to play early uh, and li likes how they use their, their linebackers at Florida State as well. Yeah. Picking out real estate in the state of Florida is probably a good sign if you're Florida State. All right, moving on to five-star edge Damon Wilson. Uh, Chad, over the summer, Wilson named a top five that consisted of Alabama, Georgia, Miami, Ohio State, and Texas. You were down in Venice this weekend, and you spoke to him in person. Is any one of those teams standing out right now? 
maybe a couple, couple teams. I mean, I don't know if one, I think, you know, that there was a sense and some, some chatter behind the scenes that Damon may be close to committing, you know, a week or two ago. And even the same buzz, you know, mid to late August. And at that time, he had only taken the OV to Alabama uh, in June. Uh, now he's taken the OV to Ohio State since. And based on me talking to him, his father, and another a source close to this, They've kind of hit that that pause button. I think there's no decision likely. Uh, again, Damon uh, has a very tight circle. Uh, you never know. He could be a guy that just pops tomorrow. But based on what I'm hearing, it's going to be some time before he makes that decision. And he's likely to take an OV now to Georgia and Miami as well at some point this fall. So I don't think there's a true timeline to a decision. I don't think there's a true leader, but I think you have to think Alabama and Ohio State are in a good position. And also I would put Georgia right there with them, with Miami having some room to make up. Hmm. Another top ranked Florida kid, most likely going to leave the state. Very interesting stuff there. Uh, let's move on to North Carolina four-star cornerback, Chris Peel. Not a lot written about him, not a lot talked about him, but he was at Michigan this past weekend for an official visit. Update us on his recruitment. Yeah, Josh, we talk about how, how tight Damon Wilson is. I mean, it goes to a different level with Chris Pill. Uh, I mean, he doesn't doesn't love the interview process, doesn't love being a top 100 kid from us for us when it comes to media uh, on, on three. And, um, you know, you have to dig to find out some stuff about Pill. What I do know is he is a priority for Michigan, Georgia, South Carolina and NC State. Those four schools are still heavily involved. The OV from to Michigan this past weekend, from what I'm told, went extremely well, uh, impressed him, his family from the academic standpoint to the football opportunity. I think it goes to a connection with Steve Klinkscale, uh, the guy that recruits him from Michigan, Ron Bellamy also involved. But uh, I have a source tell me that both those guys did a great job over the weekend, quote unquote, knocking it out of the park with the family. Uh, so Michigan, I think, is up there high on his list after this official visit. Any other trips you think he'll take this season? Yeah, he took the OV to Georgia in June. I think that's Michigan's probably biggest competitor at the moment. But do not sleep on the in-state school, NC State. I think one thing Pills made pretty clear, he plans to take his official visits first before making a decision. So I think NC State will get one, likely South Carolina as well. And then we could see him decide sometime mid to late fall. But it comes down to relationships, those connections, and kind of – the opportunity he sees best for him on and off the field. But I think Georgia and Michigan right now, I would say, are the two at the top. All right, Chad. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Inside Scoop. It looks like you're out on the road already. We will talk to you on Thursday for more uh, Inside Intel. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Josh. See you later, Chad. Thank you to Chad Simmons, but let's keep this thing moving. Up next, we have national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Sam, welcome back to the Inside Scoop. Thanks for having me, Josh. Absolutely, man. Uh, we're going to get it started. We got some action. As we're taping this, actually, four-star edge rusher Jordan Renaud out of Texas has committed to the University of Alabama. Uh, how did the tide pull the six-foot-four, 235-pound pass rusher out of the state of Texas? 
Yeah, um, this was a close race, and he's he's known that the top two contenders since June, um, Alabama and Oklahoma, have been out in front. And he told me he actually made this decision in June while he was on his official visit to Alabama, um, and said that it kind of came to fruition. It was reaffirmed when he was at his Oklahoma official uh, about nine days ago at this point. So, um, really, an interesting recruitment. He he knew the contenders right away. He he was very calculated about his fit. Um, wanted to see the progression and, and NFL development. He, he, he gave a great analogy about Alabama. He goes, you know, different kids go to Alabama, the kids that just want to work in the night, work in the mud, and eventually it turns into gold, which is, I mean, it's a money quote, of course, but it just tells you about the kind of work ethic that's instilled from Nick Saban on down at Alabama, and it only resonates with certain kids. And Jordan is one of those kids. I mean, he passed up Oklahoma with Brent Venables and Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis the defensive line focused coaching staff. And I think that's what made it a closer race than people realize. Um, but Nick Saban, Freddie Roach, and Pete Golding win this one out. Um, Jordan's ori originally from Florida. You know, Alabama has a ton of success in South Florida. And in this case, they go out to East Texas and get Jordan, where he's been a superstar for the last two years for Tyler Legacy. Who does Jordan remind you of, maybe on the NFL level or even the college level? You know, he's he's a true edge. Um, we got to see that at Future 50. I got to see him play against Allen, which is obviously a, a national powerhouse in, in that, the Dallas Metroplex last season. And he's the kind of kid that when you play on an East Texas team, he's, he's the best player on the field usually every single Friday night. Um, I think he's the kind of kid that's going to be better when he gets to college, but he's so strong. He's naturally gifted physically. Um, He's, he's got a great rip move. We saw that at Future 50. He's kind of developing his pass rush moves as he's at midway through his senior season already. Um, I, again, I think he's someone when he can just focus on football, just live in the weight room as he, as he does, continue to work on his pass rush technique. Um, I love where he's ranked. I think his, his future is through the roof. And when you put him with, with bona fide defensive linemen around him, I think he's going to really start to eat. Yeah, that's definitely a big pickup for Alabama and Nick Saban. Let's stay in the state of Texas. JV and Toviano, four-star defensive back. Um, you recently spoke to him. He's going to set up some visits. It's getting serious. He's going to make a decision this fall. But he also told you that he already made up his mind in August. So that's before he takes this tour of visits. What does this all tell you? I think JVN has done an excellent job of keeping everybody in the dark on his recruitment. I think he's the most mysterious recruit in this 2023 cycle. And that's, you know, coming from someone who's covered Arch for the past four years. I think JVN has uh, created a maze and I don't even know where to start or where this is going to end. But according to Toviano, a top 50 consensus DB, um, who was absolutely brilliant on Friday night in a, in a star-studded game, Arlington Martin against Temple. Um, he had a pick six in this game. He was He's insane. Um, he's coming off another visit to LSU. I asked if he was if he was starting to lean in a direction toward making a decision. He said he could make a decision at any point. He said he's been leaning in a certain direction since before week one. So that's the last week of August. Mm -hmm. um, nonetheless, he's going to continue to take visits. He's setting up visits to Texas, to Texas A&M, to Ohio State is in, in line for an official visit, and so is Oregon. And he's expected to get back to LSU at some point. Um, he's a top priority for both of the in-state schools. The Aggies and the Longhorns both love him at safety. LSU and, and Ohio State and Oregon like him as a big corner. Um, he has his pick of the litter. Where he's leaning, you know, the actions, I believe, speak louder than words. And he's been to LSU now three times in a row. Um, so, you know, the, the evidence is there that, that maybe he's, he's starting to lean out of state. That's what some sources close to his recruitment believe. 
but he still has a lot of big visits. So that's going to really, you know, affirm a certain decision. And I, I think there's still a long way to go with JVN. But when he says, I, I made my decision in August, what school pops into your head? Not saying that that's where it's going to end up, but what is the school that pops into your head when he says that? If I had to make a pick right now, I would go with LSU. I think, like I said, actions speak louder than words. He was there in July um, when he was also expected at Texas A&M and, and Texas. Um, he was back for the Southern game. and He called it one of the best environments he's ever been to for a game day. Um, he's got a fantastic relationship with the coaches at LSU, and, and they're recruiting him as a big corner, which I believe is what JVN wants. Um, I know that Texas and A&M like him as, a, as an elite you know, ball hawking safety, and he can, perfectly, he can do that just, just great. Um, and I think those visits to Texas and A&M loom especially large, considering he's such a top priority for both of those in-state teams. But at the moment, I think Javian is a different kind of kid. I don't think going out of state is, is too much for him. And something that stuck with me is he's a program kind of kid. He's big on his high school program. And he said LSU reminded him of the way that Coach Wager runs the Arlington Martin program. And I think that's something that in a kid that's very calculated and keeps himself, uh, keeps his recruitment very close to the vest, I think you got to pick, pick up on the tea leaves. Yeah. Follow the visits, as I like to say, uh, when it comes to Toviano. Moving on to on three, number three ranked athlete, Mikhail Harrison Pilot. Um, he looks to be narrowing his focus after that Texas-Alabama game. Who are the primary contenders, and when do you think he makes a final decision? He is definitely going to make a decision in December, which is probably the, the, the most interesting part of this. I th he, like Javian, um, said he's starting to lean in a certain direction, and, and I think I've said it be here before, but I'm starting to believe that Texas is the team to beat. Um, but TCU is, has emerged as probably the, the team to watch here. Malcolm Kelly was at McHale's game on Friday night. Malcolm Kelly flipped Quinton Johnston away from Texas a couple of years ago, um, and now he's going to be drafted in a couple of months. Um, I think that he could perfectly do the same with McHale, and, and TCU is close to home. He's expected to officially visit at the end of the month for the Oklahoma game, but if you know, if certain situations emerge, he's definitely going to take a TCU official visit. Houston is in the mix for an official, possibly Oregon. But it seems to be sh shifting to a Texas versus TCU battle. I like where Texas stands at the moment, but because he's a December decision, I think TCU has plenty of time to, to get a leg up if they need to. Is everybody recruiting him on the offensive side of the ball? At this point, yeah. It's, um, you know, early on as an underclassman, you know, his dad is a defensive coach. He's a dynamic game changer at safety. Um, but he really likes offense. He's really good at offense. Um, so I think at this point, he's going to be playing offense on Saturdays. But with a prospect like Mikhail, the number three athlete in the country, you can you can use him in all three phases. Okay, moving on. Uh, LSU continues to be a force on the recruiting trail, always has been. And now you're hearing that they are going after one of TCU's top commitments. Who is it? And do you think that they can flip him? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of their big senior evals in-state has been Jonathan Bax, a guy that on three is higher on than the rest in the industry as a six foot two, 225-pound hybrid edge outside linebacker for, for Edna Carr, which is probably the, the most popular team in Louisiana if you're, you're outside the state. Um, Bax has, has been on a tear um, since the spring. On three's national team has seen him in a bunch of different settings from his spring game to LSU camp to – me seeing him on, on Saturday night against Warren Easton, and he is absolutely prolific off the edge. He's got great range. I think he's going to end up with an LSU offer. I think that more schools are going to jump into the mix. I think TCU got an early commitment from a, from a high-level prospect that was just starting to take off in his, in his development, and now I think it's going to be on TCU to have to stave off a couple of big-time schools, including LSU, 
which hosted him last weekend, continues to talk to him as if they have an offer on the table. And I think by the time December rolls around, um, Jonathan is going to have a big decision to make between LSU, TCU, and maybe a few other schools. All right. Let's stay in the state of Texas, but switch to the 2024 class. Uh, One of the top prospects is Micah Hudson, a four-star wide receiver. He's the number one player in the state of Texas for 2024. He's starting to take some early season visits. What are you hearing there and who are the primary teams in his recruitment? Yeah. And and Texas is absolutely loaded in the 2024 class. And Micah is really, really, really good. Um, He's, his first two visits have been in-state. He's been to Texas for the Alabama game, and he was just at Kyle Field for that Texas A&M-Miami showdown. Um, both of those schools are engraved in his recruitment. They've been recruiting him for a long, long portion of time at this point and have dialed up their push since September 1st. But a, a bunch of teams around the country have really started to push with, with Micah Hudson. Um, some names to watch include Tennessee, Clemson, and Ohio State. Those are, those are schools that have all reached out. Kirby Smart reached out. LSU reached out, Miami reached out, but um, he is setting up visits right now to Tennessee, Clemson, and Ohio State. Um, Clemson has been recruiting him since the spring, and I think when he visits Death Valley, um, he'll have a chance to get an offer, and I think Clemson will become a a serious contender in his recruitment. Ohio State, he says his favorite receiver is Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, another Texas, Texas wide receiver that's had a ton of success, obviously, in Columbus. Brian Hartline and Ryan Day have been coming hard for, for Micah Hudson so far. Um, so I think he's going to try to set up a visit to Columbus and Tennessee is another school that's been quietly pushing. They don't, you know, their, their early season success has not been lost on Micah. Josh Heupel has been in touch. Kelsey Pope has been in touch. Tennessee is expected to get Micah Hudson on campus at some point this fall. And those are probably the three out of state schools to watch right now, along with Texas, along with Texas A&M. Okay. Well, that'll surely be a big time recruitment. Another big time recruitment inside of the state of Texas is DJ Lagway, a four-star quarterback that we talk about a lot on here. Over the weekend, he published a much anticipated top 10 teams that made the cut include Baylor, Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, USC, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. That's quite the top 10. Of course, all those teams have offered him. They are actively recruiting him. Which of those 10 stand out to you? Um, well, let's, let's start right at the top. He, he just came off his visit to Texas A&M. He's been there in the spring. He's been there in the summer, and now he's there for game day. I think Texas A&M being their first in-state offer at quarterback in the 2024 cycle, he's a top priority. The Texas A&M narrative continues to be that they need the answer under center to, to be in that national championship conversation. I'm sure Lagway is aware of it. In fact, I know that he is. Um, so I like among the in-state schools, the local schools, Texas A&M is an absolute force that has to be reckoned with here. But there are a ton of out-of-state contenders. I think that Oklahoma, Clemson, USC, and LSU are, are four that need to be accounted for, um, as well as Florida, where he visited the first, you know, his first game day visit. Those are schools that have made him a top priority at the position. Those are schools that he's already been to on several occasions. With USC and Clemson, you have offensive-minded coaches that have fantastic track records that DJ is very cognizant of. Um, you know, he's a he's a faith-driven kid from a faith-driven family, so Dabo has really been, been able to shine in that light. The same goes for Lincoln Riley and, and his track record, not only off the field, but but on with offense. And he's talked about Jalen Hurts' success, and he's seen what USC is doing early on. Um, I expect him to be at LSU in Oklahoma at some point. Both of those teams have hosted Lagway from their previous coaching staffs till now, so they have a, a long-tenured relationship with him. Um, and he's coming off the Florida visit. 
Um, Billy Napier, Ryan O'Hara have done tremendous work with, with DJ from afar. And, and Joe Hamilton is a Houston guy on their staff that's connected with DJ since he was an underclassman. But this is still a long ways to go. He's going to make a decision in April. and He's got to basically take these visits now to figure out where he's going to take his OVs. So it's going to go from 10 to 5 to ultimately 1. Yeah, it does seem like a long ways away, it's, but April's only about six or seven months away. And so DJ Lagway could be one of the first big QB dominoes to fall. Do you see that? I mean, is there anybody else that you think could make a decision before DJ Lagway in the 2024 class? This 2024 class is interesting, and it almost feels like a rat race because you have Julian Sayan out in California. Um, you have DJ Lagway, um, and you also have – Who's the quarterback from North Carolina? That Chad just saw. They're 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 all. We got to we got to cut that. We get out of that. Um, they they're all committing sometime in the next couple of months. Lagway wants to commit as early as he can. Of course, he has to go with his time frame. But he wants to be an active recruiter for his program. He wants to be recruiting the top receivers and offensive linemen and skill players around him. So he purposely wants to commit in April and get it out of the way to start you know taking on a different role for his class. But we're going to see these 2024 quarterbacks come off the board way quicker than what we saw in 2023. All right, Sam, good stuff today. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you back here on Thursday. Absolutely. See you, Sam. And we are back on the Inside Scoop. Now we have a special guest in studio with us. We have On3 Director of Scouting and Ranking, Charles Power, joining the show. Charles, welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, it is good to be here. Uh, Charles, the new rankings came out, so we have you on the show today. You play a big part in the On3 player rankings. So I'm looking at it, and there's two newly minted five stars. One is defensive lineman. Devin Hobbs, and the other is five-star running back Cedric Baxter, who's currently committed to Texas. Uh, first, tell me about Cedric Baxter and why he gets a five-star ranking. Yeah, Cedric Baxter has been our number one running back really since it, for the 2023 cycle, really since this time last year, and, and he's just continued to have just a, a fantastic senior year. He's averaging over 200 yards per game for his Orlando Edgewater team, led them to an undefeated record. And he's just doing everything for him. He's, he's breaking off big runs on a weekly basis. Like just this, this past weekend, they played Orlando Jones, like a, a rival school, and he scored both touchdowns, um, both long runs in, in a rain-soaked 14-13 game. Uh, and, and he just is doing it every week. Uh, I, what we like about Baxter as a player, he's six foot one and a half, 215 pounds, bigger than most of your running backs in terms of a stature standpoint. And I think we think he's probably going to top out as a 230 pounder, but, but he has the, the, the play speed and burst of a smaller back and is really versatile out of the backfield as well. So uh, with, with him, he just kind of left no doubt in our minds that, that he was a, a five-star as a, as a player, as a senior, and is just having a fantastic season and just kind of continued really what we thought of him going into the, into the year. David Hobbs uh, has just had a meteoric rise. He was, uh, this is a prospect who really wasn't on the, the national radar probably six months ago. Uh, he was, he's a, he's a two sport athlete as a basketball player. He was about 245 pounds coming out of his basketball season. Has really just kind of transformed uh, physically. First off, he's over 270 pounds now, uh, has really blossomed into a, a pure defensive lineman. He plays tight end and defensive line for his high school and is really a, a talented pass catcher as well. But but we, we love his upside on the defensive line. This guy is highly athletic. He's probably 
perhaps the most athletic defensive lineman in this class, and we think it's a strong, a strong year at the position. Uh, but but he, he runs a sub 4 8, 4 7, 4 6, 40 guy. And he plays that fast too. You can see with the ball in his hands, he pulls away from defensive backs. And then it, we think there's a lot of upside with him as, as a defensive lineman in terms of his pass rush, pass rush ability, just ability to be disruptive. He makes wild plays on a weekly basis. And I, basis. And I think of all of these prospects that I've seen play uh, in the Friday night setting so far, the first month of the season, David Hobbs might have impressed me the most just with. The, the impact place he makes on both sides. And, and with, with him, for us, it, it's an upside ranking. We just, we just really love the upside. And he's really only scratching the surface um, as a two-sport athlete, two-way player in high school. Once, we feel like once he focuses on defense, he's going to be just, just a great player. So, so those are two like, we're, we're pretty excited about um, in, in this process. And we thought they, they deserved a fifth star a month into the season. Yeah, Hobbs Hobbs is probably going to end up to be a dominant defensive player on the next level, but his highlights at tight end are unbelievable. Yeah. He, he's a freakish athlete. Sure. Um, looking at the list, now the number one quarterback on the on-three-player rankings continues to be Arch Manning. Was there any discussion to, to move him at all from the top spot? Well, so, you know, we enter this, like, no no one no one's ranking is is set in stone. It's, it's a fluid situation for us, and uh, it, I, I think with, with Arch Manning, there were a lot of questions coming into the fall because we really hadn't seen him in, in a football setting since this time last year. He didn't participate in, in, in any offseason events, so we were just looking forward to seeing how, how he played and how all the other quarterbacks played. Um, I, I think with how Arch has played so far, he's really played well. Uh, he, he's play, the, the, his team is 3-0. They played two 5A teams. I know Arch's competition is, is talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. they, they've played and beaten two 5A teams, including this past Friday. And I really think, just from what I've seen, I think his game this past Friday uh, against uh, Benton High School was probably the best high school game that I've seen him play in his career. He threw, threw for 370 yards, over 10 yards in attempt. They were down two scores in the first half and came back and won a shootout. So I think Arch is playing really well. In terms of the discussion, for, for moving him, I, I think some of that is um, he hasn't really had, like, Nico Iamaliava has, has uh, put, put forth a really uh, interesting case in terms of his, his talent level. I th we think Nico is probably the most talented quarterback in the cycle just physically, but Nico has some areas to improve as well as a player. So with those guys, I think it's still open race for sure. Um, there's uh, some, some great edge prospects as well. Keon Keeley, uh, the uncommitted uh, Edge from from Tampa Berkeley Prep is having a fantastic start to his to his senior year, and then of course we have we have quarterbacks that could that could continue to rise like like Jackson Arnold, the Oklahoma mm -hmm. commit uh, is is right there on that five star cusp. So it, it's very open now, but what we felt in the first month of the season, Arch Manning ha has done enough and has played well enough to hold that spot for now. All right, I got one more question for you. I saw that five star wide receiver Jurion Dickey committed to Oregon, moved from fifteen to nine. Do you think that there's a chance that by the end of this thing, he could challenge USC commitment, Zachariah Branch, for the top wide receiver in America spot? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a fun one to, to, watch, to watch play out. I mean, Zachariah Branch, we've had him as the number one receiver, I want to say since probably maybe January, February. And, and he has done nothing to – he's been phenomenal in, in every setting. He had three touchdowns, I believe, on national TV on, on Friday. He dominates – Every event he goes to, uh, he's a electric uh, receiver who is kind of like your smaller like slot type. Of, people will compare, like we compare him to Jalen Waddle. Mm -hmm. He's just dynamic with the ball in his hands. Jerion Dickey, also a, 
they're, they're both on the West Coast. Jurion Dickey's in the Bay Area. Zachariah Branch is in uh, Las Vegas. Jurion Dickey is just a complete receiver. Like our, uh, just to cre paint a picture for the type of player he is, our player comparison for him is, is A.J. Brown. He is you know, close to six foot three, 210 pounds, can do everything, hyper-competitive, hyper-physical, very productive. He had a great start to his senior year as well. So both those guys are playing just, just fantastic so far. And, and honestly, I think if you put them in a lot of other cycles, they would be the number one receiver. So it's going to be really fun to just watch that play out and, and I'm sure we'll be tracking that through their senior year into national all-star games so that, that, that's definitely a, a fun position battle to, to watch play out here. Absolutely and thank you Charles Power for joining us talking about this new on three player rankings go check that out right now they are out they are live Charles appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you for watching the Inside Scoop. We are here every Monday and Thursday. If you're listening, Spotify, iTunes. If you're watching, go to our On3 YouTube page and subscribe. We'll be back on Thursday.